Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Pedro Martinez, everybody. Three-time Cy Young Award winner and a Hall of Famer. And he joins us here on the Ken and Curtis Show. We are honored. We are honored, sir. How are you? Let's see if we can get him. We yeah, I feel get... great. Oh, good. Oh, there Th- you are. Thank you for coming by. Pedro, I was been talking all day here, knowing that you're coming by, about what you brought to Boston in the you know late 90s, your arrival, and how you made Fenway totally transform. It brought this energy where people dictated their social lives around your starts. You know, we talk about the 2000s and John and Tom and the new ownership and everything, and that's all right. They, they made a lot of great changes to Fenway Park. But the this, this sort of pendulum moving towards winning began when Dan Duquette traded for you. What did pitching in Boston mean to you, and what was it about here that brought out the best in you? Well, thank you. I, I'm glad I'm in this position to answer this question because I think right now we are in the same position to actually bring uh, defined character, defined attitudes. Uh, the first thing I'm going to say about coming into Boston, uh, I wasn't really well known. Uh, in baseball, yes, people realized that I had won the Cy Young in the National League and all that. But what I brought over to Boston before I threw a pitch was appreciation for Boston. Because I was in Montreal for the last four years, and I got renewed three times. And I left L.A. because I wasn't appreciated in L.A. And the first night I came over with my little short sleeves shirt that I brought over from Dominican, uh, was a whole bunch of people like this, covering the gate where I, where I, where I was arriving from. And... Uh, Right away, I realized that this was different, that people got really excited about me, that, that I needed to commit to Boston and that I needed to show Boston the same appreciation they were, they were showing for me, even though I hadn't thrown a pitch in Boston. So that's the kind of culture that I wanted to build. I wanted to build a good relationship with Boston. I did that. I wanted to compete to the best of my, my abilities for Boston. And I did that, and I was talking to David yesterday and talking to Tech, and we were all three sitting in the, in the room, in the back room, before we came out. And, and I, said to, I said to David, I think looking back on it, we left the culture of winning. We left 
a kind of a sense of a different character, different attitudes, but all winning attitudes. And if you watch 2004, that was the team that finally got it for Boston. Right away, 2007, there were a lot of the players from 2004. 2013, there were still players that were coming up, not only homegrown, but also with the same attitude that we have. We didn't like the Yankees. We didn't like anybody. We just thought we could win. And that filtered all the way up to 18. Once all of us left, it seems like a little bit of the culture has been missing. Plus, uh, you know, management change, uh, GMs change, and the things that we did kind of have been sliding away from what, what, what we had in, in our minds and, and in our hearts. And Pedro, going to those you, David, and Tech, the first word I think of is accountability, that yes. you three really embodied that in terms of whether you're on the mound, if they're throwing towards Manny, you're going to make sure that their batters know that their pitcher should stop doing that. You had Veritek, obviously the captain, and, and David sort of the last remaining part of that in 18 as a guy that was, you know, just clutch in, 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 every, in every way. So accountability, how does that return? How does that type of culture return even though you guys are no longer day-to-day -day part of the organization? Well, we have to, uh, first of all, go and get players and grow players that want to be in Boston that love Boston, that understand that accountability is going to be a day-to-day -day, uh, request from the fans, from yourself. First of all, it has to be from yourself. You have to love Boston the way Boston is. And Boston is demanding. They understand their game. They know exactly what, to, what they expect. And uh, that's what you got to do. Put on the uniform and say, jump on my back. It, but it has to be every day. It has to be consistently. It cannot be, I want to be a bully on, on the three outings I'm going to take, and then I'm going to sit back in the, in the IL and not come back in a month. You have to really try to stay healthy, focus for the, you know, for the entire year, and then after the year you can go anywhere you want to go. But Boston is going to demand that you play hard, that you're accountable, that you show your face, the days you struggle, even though you, you have to probably say what you don't want to say, but be honest. And uh, they, they're going to know it. You guys have 24-7 news here. So the people are aware. Boston is one of the most educated areas that you can find in the United States. So they're going to read, they're going to hear, they're going to be aware, and they love their team. And that's what makes it dangerous. They should have had you call Shohei with that speech or Yamamoto. <laughs> uh, well, I, 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 did, I did send my little tips uh, to see if we could get something going on with, with some of them. But uh, unfortunately, I don't know what, what the, the track is going to be. But I'm just here to be helpful and uh, hopefully help to build it. Did you always have that attitude or did somebody pull it out of you before you came here? Or was it Boston where you were? intimidating on the mound behind the microphone you were a good quote you weren't afraid what brought it out of you uh, confidence and honesty i mean i yesterday i, I broke down with wakey because uh a lot of people don't know because it, go, it, it happens be, behind the curtains what we do together and when i first got here i was a little lost in the space 
in Boston. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to do. And Wakey took me and said, hey, listen, Boston is just like this and like that. We win here, everybody's going to go crazy. He said, I don't have a problem with trying to win. I don't have a problem with protecting my teammates, especially when you kind of, because I grew up in the Dodgers organization kind of being pushed away. You're not good enough for us. And then I asked to be traded to the Yankees. They gave me the option to, to be traded to the Yankees. The trade almost happens three times. Oh, man. And they reversed it. Thank God. So, yeah, thank God, because all of a sudden, all the anger I had, and then you push me aside because you don't want me, well, pay the price. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 I hated facing the Yankees. I, I didn't like the Yankees. You talk, going back to the accountability, and, you know, we don't get this opportunity often to, to speak with you. I think the, the one performance for me that most embodied that with you was game five at the ALDS, Jacobs Field in Cleveland, where you didn't have your, your stuff. I mean, you were your top stuff. You were battling an injury. You got in there and willed the team, along with Troy O'Leary and some other people, to, to get that victory. And I feel like you said it with Wake saying it's simple, you know, just win and they'll be happy. In that way, Boston's easy but difficult. Yeah. Right? I mean, you basically, you just have to sh do your best and answer questions after the game. And then if you're like Pedro Martinez, you'll walk into Boston for the rest of your life and be surrounded by throngs of fans that want to say thank you for what you did. I don't, wanna, I don't feel afraid to do anything in Boston. You know, I, I, I was a bully as a pitcher. I, I was someone not intimidated, not to the situation, not to the big moment, not to any hitter. Not how high, how tall, how whatever you are. You were just a baseball player. And I wasn't intimidated. But the only thing that will make me weak is, is having moments like that. And I'm not afraid to show Boston that I'm sensitive towards a friend, towards a brother, towards anybody. And I'm sensitive to other people too. Uh, you know, and, and that's the beauty of Boston. Boston also understands that. Boston understands that uh, you can be sensitive. I, I, I didn't like the media that much, but I, I was responsible enough to answer my questions every time you guys ask me questions. So for me, uh, even though I had my moments of frustration, I had to. You guys were making a living. You guys needed me to give you quotes. Manny didn't like to talk to the media, but he would talk to me. And I will give you the quote. A lot of times you guys saw that. Manny would not talk. Manny was afraid of and gone shy to, to speak to you guys. But I wasn't. I knew who I was. I was doing it clean. I was doing it the way I should have done it. So why not give you my face? Oh, you, you leave me out today? So what? <laughs> There's another team coming in into town, you know? You have to do what you have to do. Uh, there are big league players on the other side too. They can get you. Uh, just try not to, not to let them get you too often. Right. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The great Pedro Martinez, our guest here at Winter Weekend for the Red Sox. Uh, today's game, pitchers are going five innings. It's so different, right? Do you, when you watch, what's changed? Why, why, why so different? It's not precisely the athletes, and I'm, I don't want to really uh, throw anybody under the bus. It's just that the organizations have, have had so many, so many different things to try to improve the game, to make it better, to make sure that they stay healthy, and they don't understand that that's a totally, the total opposite. When I went out there, even if I threw five shutout innings, I felt like I did not accomplish what I was out there to do. My duties were nine or maybe plus if, if I could, but finish the game, finish what I started. It was my responsibility, and we go right back to accountability. If I'm an athlete making 25 to 30 millions, how can I settle for five innings and that's it? Any, anybody here could call you a thief because <laughs> five innings, is, I mean, uh, uh, $25 million dollars, it's like you're stealing money. No, I honor my contract. And I have never complained about the contract I got and how much I got. I never did. I always wanted to be, you know, the guy responsible for the money I was making and responsible to the community and responsible to everything I needed to do. And I did it. And I did it. And I can hang my head high now that I'm retired and say, I made what I deserve, not what these kids are making. It doesn't bother me. It's good for baseball that the players are well played, but they, they need to be accountable themselves and honor the amount of money that they're making. They need to realize that and, and have integrity and say, I am not a guy for four innings or three innings. I'm better than that. Or else your game is going to stay at the same level. Mediocre. Yeah. I wanted to be the best I could be. And I, 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 I thought I did the best I could possibly get from – this small body. I'll say. I mean, from my perspective, your peak is the best Boston athlete I have ever seen with my own two eyes. Better than Tom Brady's peak. It was in an era of offense. Your numbers were historically great. You can say it. In the steroid era. In the steroid era. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was watching that 17-strikeout performance at Yankee Stadium, watching the 99-game-3 ALCS against Clemens, watching your performances – and the thing that made 04 so great was that you were there, you began the culture, you know, Wake and other guys, mm-hmm. of course, Tech and Derek Lowe, and we, all, you know, we can go through the roster, but that, that championship with all you had endured from 97 on was really, for me, the thing that cemented it as this just remarkable achievement of just persevering, whether it was against the Yankees or just dealing with the, the stress because players today think that fans are tough i mean i think you had it a little different in the late 90s early 2000s with the red sox oh believe me they they, they were frustrated yeah and 
they had their hearts broken so many times through history here in Boston. The first thing I did before I got into the clubhouse was read a lot about the, the history of Boston. And coincidence or not, Stephen Lindemann, that was my first American teacher at the academy, was a Bostonian, graduated <laughs> from Harvard University. And he went and told us everything about Boston, from the pesky pole to the, the history to the fights to not liking the Yankees to the Bucky Dent. Right, to that Shaughnessy jerk, you know, all that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, so I was aware of, of what Boston meant to the, to, to, to the, to the, to the fan base. So that, that's, that's what I did. I, I, I actually embraced Boston with the challenges and everything, and everybody fed off, I think, of the way I took it. I didn't care that it was Ken Griffey Jr. and the mighty Seattle's Mariner coming over. I blamed him the first day I pitched in Fenway. So everybody kind of, and then I, I, I had the laser focus kind of mentality that I did not want to make friends in the field. I just wanted to beat you, and I would do whatever. So that rubbed off on everybody. And you know Wakey, if Wakey had 97 and a breaking ball or something else, Wakey probably would have been worse than I was. That was a cranky old man. <laughs> Wakey was a cranky old man. So we rub against each other all the time. And we feed off each other. And we rent together. And we... Wakey was my pitching coach. As you all know, I did not share a good relationship with Joe Kerrigan. I did what I had to do. When I saw myself in trouble, I'll go to the video room. I'll send videos back to the Dominican to get fixed, my pitching coach. But I did not share my knowledge with Joe Kerrigan. Joe Kerrigan actually, I think, took advantage of my success here in Boston to say he was the best pitching coach in, in, in the land. So uh, I think the, my attitude and, and the winning ways that, that I created in my career, I think, rubbed off on everybody and everybody kind of went over together. And that, that's the one thing that I can say during my time here. Unity was there every single year whether we had success or not we were united all the time to go out there and face the team that we're going to be facing that's amazing and you have to go soon and we only have a couple minutes with you but you mentioned last year to joe castiglione brian bayo has good stuff i think you said better stuff than you yes which they got very upset at what does he need to do to take the next step at some point you took a next step how hard is that what what's the what what got you there I think Bayo already did the biggest part, which is endure an entire season pitching with the team. You, you probably don't realize that, but Bayo was the, the only kid, and it's mostly because it's compared to me a lot, that he wanted to take accountability every time he took the mound. If we watch, Bayo was our best pitcher, and it's only a, a baby. The toughest thing for one young pitcher is to understand that his body allows him to complete an entire season pitching on the on the rubber the learning process doesn't happen precisely during the season you're too busy every four days you got to be on top of that bump and you don't realize so much what you need to do but after you leave and you sit back at home and you go wow i did this i struggle here i struggle there and you, you stop to watch your videos you realize where you made the mistakes, what should have been done. But be careful with it 
because Bello's still young enough and good enough that we don't want to see him hurt, but we need to guide him still. He needs guidance. And that's what Wakey and my brother Ramon, those veterans, were able to do with me. Guide me. Which is be careful now. You have five starts where you have been seven, six, seven, eight. Well, you need to slow it down. Come back to the five innings area and come out of the game, regardless of what you do, to protect your arm. We're not the biggest guys. Me and Bayo are pretty much the same. Statue. Yeah, exactly. So he has the tools. Nobody can second guess what he has. 98, moving, good changeup, good slider. I think he has the tools and maybe even better than mine. But they need to protect him and guide him. Not baby him, because he's not a baby anymore. He already endured an entire season, and he's going to get his own experience. But guide him towards staying healthy, and we're going to get Brian Bayo for a long, long time. All right, well, Pedro, I hope they have you around because that message should be resonating throughout the clubhouse and uh, grateful for your uh, time today. It's been an honor to have you on the show, so thank you, Pedro. Well, thank you so much. Pedro it's Martinez. A pleasure. Thank you, Pedro. You're welcome. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.